brothers, welcome back to another episode of Porn and the Gospel. Uh, I am your host, Spencer Sutton, and man, it's great to be here with you. It's actually uh, October 31st when I'm recording this. It's early in the morning, and it's what's what I love about um, Halloween is that it's my birthday, and today is my birthday. It's a big one. It's the big 5-0. And uh, so, man, I'm, I, I wouldn't want to be anywhere else but here with you, um, as, especially as I was thinking about this, um, this podcast, like recording this, I was especially just thankful to God for uh, the ability to communicate with you through this, because I know there's a lot of guys out there who, um, who need to hear this specific message from God's word. And so I'm, I'm very, very humbled and excited to bring it to you today. Uh, because as I've been preparing for it, it has really, uh, meant a lot to me. It's given me tremendous amount of encouragement. So let's get in. So we're going to talk about the power to overcome pornography and we are going to dig into Hebrews, chapter 10. And before we do this, I just want to go ahead and set the stage or, or I want to just kind of look back over Hebrews now in context, right? So one of the things we always need to do when we, we start like reading and studying scripture is we have to look at it in context first. So in context, this writer is writing to his church, writing to fellow believers, um, largely a Jewish crowd. And encouraging them, exhorting them to persevere, to keep going, not to abandon the faith as some have done. And in order to do that, he's pointed to the supremacy of Christ over and over and over again. All right. So this is a, it's, it's beautiful to go back through throughout this um, book and see how the writer does this. He like Christ is superior to angels. He's superior to Moses. He's superior to Joshua. He's superior to Aaron. He is our great high priest. And he just paints this incredible picture of Christ, which, man, he is our hope. He's it. He is our hope. And so uh, I want to encourage you, if you if you haven't studied the book of Hebrews, I want to encourage you to do that. And then, you know, really, he also talks about what we saw in the early chapters is uh, he's point. He's he's telling the church. He's like, listen. Our tendency is to drift away, not to stay strong in our faith. The tendency, like the natural tendency, is to drift away, and so he. That's why he's encouraging them. That's why he's writing them, and that's the truth. Like we know this from our own life, and he points to the children of Israel as proof of that. It's like, listen, they they were they saw God. They were following this pillar of fire by night and this cloud by day. And yet they still hardened their heart. So he's like, if you hear his voice, don't harden your heart like they did when they put God to the test. Okay. So that is a little bit of the background. So he's, he's really encouraging chapter 10. He starts, he, he's taking all of this, like this incredible um, message of who Christ is and, and why he is supreme, why he should be worshiped, why he is uh, who he is and what that means to us. And then he's saying, okay, because of all of this, because of who Christ is, how do we live? Like, how do we walk in this world? And so we're now we're leaving to what I'm going to do is we're leaving the context of this early um, 
church, and I want to make it applicable to you because the word of God is still active today. And what the writer wrote to them is absolutely applies to us today. And so I want to bring that to the forefront of your mind, the forefront of your heart. And I want you to be encouraged through this word because the word of God in the word of God, we will find power to overcome pornography. So if, I, if you're listening, I hope you listen to the end because we're going to wrap this whole thing up. This is going to be very important. All right. So I'm going to read some verses here, and then we're just going to pick them apart. All right, here we go. Hebrews 10, starting in verse 32, the writer says, but recall the former days after you were enlightened, you endured a hard struggle with sufferings sometimes being publicly exposed to reproach and affliction, and sometimes being partners with those so treated. For you had compassion on those in prison, and you joyfully accepted the plundering of your property, since you knew that you yourselves had a better possession and an abiding one. Therefore, do not throw away your confidence, which has a great reward. For you have need of endurance, so that when you have done the will of God, you may receive what is promised. For, and then he goes on to quote um, scripture, yet a little while, and the coming one will come and not delay. But my righteous one shall live by faith. And if he shrinks back, my soul has no pleasure in him. But we are not those, we are not of those who shrink back and then are destroyed, but those who have faith and preserve their souls. All right, what a beautiful, beautiful passage. And he's talking to a church that's being tempted. They're being tempted to shrink back and to go back to their former ways, to Judaism, to some of them, to their pagan ways. And he's like, don't do it. Don't do it. And so let's, let's unpack this. So let's start with verse 32. He says, recall the former days. So looking back over our lives is a very useful thing for the, for the believer. Like it's useful. Like here, the writer is pointing back, pointing his church back and to their past faithfulness, like to their steadfast endurance in the face of trials and difficulties. So listen to these words like hard struggle, sufferings, publicly exposed to reproach, affliction, prison, plundering of property. So notice what he's not doing. He's not pointing them back to the good old days when things were easy. He's not saying, man, remember those good old days? Remember how easy it was back in those days? No, it's, that's, that's ultimately, that does not define our Christian life. It's how we persevere through struggles and hardships. That is what defines our Christian character right? It's not when things are easy and they go well. And isn't this really against our normal like tendency? We are constantly, as human beings, we are constantly looking to make our lives easier, more comfortable. But that's not what the writer here is pointing back to. He's pointing back to their more difficult times, right? And so these difficult times are teachers to us. They can teach us things. And so I was thinking about that. I was like, well, what, you know, what, what do the past difficulties teach us? Well, I think there's at least three ways 
that difficulties will shape the character of our Christian lives. Number one, the difficulties which arise from unforeseen circumstances, right? So some of these difficulties that, that the Hebrew writer is talking about are like they were unforeseen. They didn't know they were coming. They just happened. And this is true of life. Like every person who's listening to this podcast has undergone things that, um, that, that they just didn't know was going to happen. And this could be the death of a loved one. This could be loss of a job. This could be, I mean, think about all the difficulties that come to us naturally during life. These can help shape our character depending on how we deal with them. So that's one way. Another way is like difficulties that arise from poor decision-making. You and I can look at our life and look and think back to poor decisions we've made and how they have absolutely um, shaped part of our life. And we can learn from that. So I can look back and say, okay, here are the mistakes I made. Here are the things that I did that caused great difficulty and suffering in my family's life, in my life. And Lord, I don't want to repeat those same mistakes. So allow me to learn from my poor decision-making. And when guys, I mean, this is what, I mean, think about struggle with pornography. Is there, is there any more dumb decisions than we've made just to go back over and over and over and over to pornography? Right. So remember, okay. So difficulty one, which unforeseen circumstances, difficulty two, poor decision-making and difficulty number three, these are difficulties that arise from a life of sold out faith in Christ. And this is from a deliberate choice to take not the easy path or the path of least resistance, but to take the path of most resistance. And so this is what a lot of times he's pointing them back to. Like you were publicly exposed to reproach. You had afflictions. You were partners with those so treated. So think about that. You had compassion on those in prison. So these are, these are willful choices. They're choosing not the path of least resistance and the easy path. They're choosing to be with their brothers, to be with their sisters in the face of ridicule and insult and hardship and affliction. You were partners with those so treated. So they made a choice to do the difficult things. You joyfully accepted the plundering of your property. So think about this. When we face struggles, when we face trials, we must do our best to mine out the gold and apply it to our lives. So it doesn't matter what difficulties come, like unforeseen circumstances, dumb choices, or willful choices, like willfully saying, I'm going to go through this difficult thing for the glory of God. All three of those we can learn from. We have to mine out the gold though. So why, why did they experience these things that, that the Hebrew writer describes here? Why did they experience these things? Why did they joyfully accept the plundering of their property? Why did they willingly do these things? Well, it's beautiful picture right here in verse 34. He says, you knew just this little phrase, you knew. So it's your knowledge, you knew, it's your knowledge of what is to come. He says, you knew that you yourselves had a better possession 
and an abiding one. They knew what was coming. Like they put their faith in the promises of God and the hope of Christ. They saw the finish line and that finish line was a better and an abiding or forever possession. Isn't that beautiful? Like they knew. So they willingly said, I'm going to put myself here in this difficult circumstance through trials and through tribulation, because I know that this world is not my home. And so brother in Christ, I want to, I want you to ask yourself, are you doing everything in your power to avoid difficult things? And when I'm thinking about pornography, like the difficult thing is dealing with the truth. And this is why most men, when it comes down to it, the question, the number one question is, do you want to get well? And most men, even Christian men, say it's not worth it. I don't want to put myself through that. I don't want to have to look at my past. I don't want to have to deal with the truth of my sin. But these Hebrew writers, they weren't necessarily struggling with pornography. They were like struggling with life. This was could this could be life and death situation. But think about let's look at scripture and let's look at how this plays out in scripture. Other parts of scripture, Jesus said, if anyone if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me for whoever would save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. Like this is what faith requires. Acts 5.41, they left the presence of the council rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer dishonor for the name. They were looking for something better. They knew there was something better. Paul said this in Romans 8. He said, I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. So what the world wants you to believe, what the world wants you to do is it wants you to, it's, it's saying, enjoy this now and pay for it later. Don't worry about it. Hey, enjoy your life now. What's the big deal with pornography? What's the big deal with masturbation? What's the big deal with all this habitual sin that you're struggling with? Who cares? What is the big deal? As long as it's secret, as long as it's not hurting anyone, and that's the lie, one of the lies out of many that men believe it's not hurting anyone. It's not hurting my relationship with my wife. It's not hurting my relationship with fellow brothers and sisters in Christ. It's not hurting the church. It's not hurting anyone. And that is a lie. It's not hurting my relationship with God, but you know it is. The world is saying, buy this now and pay for it later. Don't worry about it. Push off the consequences. But Christ says, like the word says, sacrifice now and you will receive later. Paul said in 2 Corinthians 5, he says, we know that if the tent which is our earthly home, this body, is destroyed. We have a building from God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. Peter said, we have an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, unfading, kept in heaven for you by who by God's power are being guarded. So this is, this is like glorious truth. These 
brothers and these sisters in Christ endured hardship because they were looking for something better. And this is the same thing for you, brother. Like you suffering, struggling through pornography, are you hoping in something better? Because your hope should be the reason why you endure, you go through the difficult things to be 100% done with pornography. Because the time is coming, as Revelation tells us, they shall hunger no more, neither thirst anymore. The sun shall not strike them, nor any scorching heat. For the lamb in the midst of the throne will be their shepherd, and he will guide them to springs of living water, and God will wipe every tear from their eye. He's pointing them to the past. So this is, this is key. He points them to the past, both, both in the gospel, the gospel past, of what Christ has done, what he's accomplished. That's what the whole book so far has been about, and also to their past endurance. And then he points them to the future where Christ reigns supreme and where they will ultimately receive their reward. So therefore, he says, verse 35, do not throw away your confidence, which has great reward because you now remember why you've endured so much, namely the gospel. Don't stop. Don't quit. Don't shrink back. Your confidence in what is coming has great reward now. That's why you joyfully accepted the plundering of your property, joy in Christ. I mean, get that. They joyfully accepted it because they had joy in Christ. They had a joy that could never be stripped out by the world ever. So he points them to their past and he points them to the future. And then why did he point them to the past and future? Because he, it says here, they have need of present time endurance. The writer is doing this, is pointing them to their past and pointing them to their sure future so that they, in this present difficulty, in this present trouble, in this present trial, would have endurance. You have need of endurance, is what he says. Verse 36, for you have need of endurance, so that when you have done the will of God, you may receive what is promised. So what does perseverance look like? So if he says you have need of present day endurance, what and, and perseverance, what does it look like? Well, present day, like perseverance, like what does it look like for the Christian? It looks like this. Second Peter 1, 5 through 7 says, make every effort to supplement your faith with virtue and virtue with knowledge and knowledge with self-control and self-control with steadfastness, steadfastness and steadfastness with godliness and godliness with brotherly affection and brotherly affection with love. Oh my goodness. This is Christian maturity. This is a believer in Christ. This is believe, this is growing in Christ. So endurance looks like growing in Christ. Endurance looks like maturity. Like we must persevere and grow in our faith. Like this is the truth. So perseverance is not a passive thing as if you're waiting your life out in a bomb shelter. Like, let me go hide underneath ground, underneath the ground and do nothing and just get through this life so that I can enjoy the rewards of heaven. No, it's a, it's a like maturing thing. It's active. It's alive. You don't bear fruit. You don't bear fruit living isolated lives from the world. 
And you don't bear fruit by looking at pornography. You bear fruit by allowing the Holy Spirit to work through you. And he does this through his word. He does this through life experiences and difficulties. And he does this as we're in partnership with the body of Christ. Like John 15, 8, one of my favorite passages, by this, my father is glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. This is what Thomas Watt, Watson um, said. He's an old-time Puritan. He said this about the Christian perseverance. He said, Christians do not arrive at perseverance when they sit still and do nothing. It is not with us as with passengers in a ship who are carried to the end of their voyage while they sit still in the ship. Nor it's not, we are not like the, the noblemen who have their rents brought to them without toil or labor, but we arrive at salvation in the use of means as a man comes to the end of a race by running to a victory by fighting. Another uh, pastor from uh, a long time ago, 1950s, Donald Barnhouse, he said this, the Christian accepts suffering, knowing that God is bringing him through to glory. And from the hope of the past to the hope of the future, he sees the connection running through his suffering like a thread that binds all together. And get this, this is really key. I love this part. His life is like a turbulent rapids of, of a river. But he knows that the river comes from a still spring and is flowing to a calm sea. In this knowledge, the Christian has settled peace. So your life, your Christian life, is, was not designed for you to have the easiest life, like to coast. It's, it's a turbulent river rapids. Like it is turbulent, but yet you know that it comes from a still spring and it's going to end at a very calm sea. When we finally, finally reach our goal. So the reason for their endurance is that they can accomplish the will of God. After his will, then you receive your reward. So how sad is it to think that Many brothers in Christ, many believers, many men who are struggling with pornography will never fully accomplish the will of God in their lives because we mistakenly think that our life is meant to coddle and comfort us when scripture points to something vastly different. Our life is meant to make and mold us into the image of Christ. And, you know, I mean, I, I do want to say this, like my struggle with pornography was due to poor decision-making by me. Like this was not God's will for my life, yet he uses it to mold and shape my character. He uses it. He uses, he uses all of these things in our lives. This is why we can say that or why scripture can say we are more than conquerors, because what Satan meant to destroy us, God uses it. He turns it around and uses it for his glory. I believe 100% there are men right now listening to this that will find freedom from pornography. And when they do, God will use that freedom in their life to help other men. Like Our churches are filling up with men addicted to pornography. 
at a much more rapid rate than they are finding, than men are finding purity that are living lives of purity. I believe, I believe like statistics say you can go and read. There's some reports. I know I might've mentioned this before. There's one called the porn phenomenon by the Barna group. It's a big study. It's a PDF. You can uh, buy it from them and, and read all about it. And, you know, even in their, all of their research, they're presenting these numbers within the church and it's alarming, it's shocking, but even they give this disclaimer that, you know what, these numbers could be lower because the fear of self-reporting, like the fear of reporting that they struggle with pornography. So we know that even pastors, youth leaders, worship pastors, worship leaders struggle with pornography. I mean, let's not kid ourselves. But these things, these struggles, these struggles, if we push and press through by the, by the power of Christ, by the power and by the grace of Christ, if we push through, God will use them in our lives. Like, I believe that they will, they will be used to mold us and shape us into the image of Christ. Second Corinthians, Paul says this, and we all with unveiled faces beholding the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord, who is the spirit. All things are going to work together for good, all things. So perseverance is the present tense, like endurance is the present tense of the Christian life. It typically involves a very fierce struggle. And so I want to ask you, are you struggling? Are you struggling through? Are you struggling with this, with pornography? Like not ignoring it, but doing everything within your power, within your power to be free. What I found is that just praying about it and not taking very practical steps is not going to be very helpful. It's not going to be very useful. So, brother, where do we go from here? Like, brother who's struggling with habitual porn and masturbation, what is your way forward? So these are the three simple thoughts I want to give you, like power to overcome porn that we see here in this passage in Hebrews. I want to give them to you just very succinctly. Number one is look back. Look back. This is what the writer does. He points them backwards and he says, like, how did the gospel burst into your life? Think about this. I want you to think, how did the gospel burst into your life? How have you seen God's hand working in your life through past power and grace? Can you recall the former days when you overcame some great obstacle? Like, what have you overcome in your life by faith in his promises? So look back, not only to your past struggles and how you persevered in your Christian life, but also look back to the past in the gospels. Like, this is key. We have to look back at these great heroes of faith, which we're going to get to in chapter 11 coming up. So look back in his word. So look back, not only in your life, but also look back in the word. Then number two, look ahead. 
what you will be is glorious and yet to be revealed. So don't lose sight of the hope that we have in Christ. See him seated at the right hand of God, victorious over all of your enemies. Praise him for what is coming. Long for his appearance and don't lose hope. Now, this doesn't come naturally. This doesn't come by accident. This doesn't come by doing nothing. This is active. Both of these things right here, looking back and looking ahead, they're both activities that you have to do. You know, I was talking with a brother recently who we were just having a chat about pornography and struggle with pornography. And he came to faith later in life, just like I did. I came to faith in, uh, when I was 29. And it's really amazing because when you do that, when you come to faith later in life and you have certain things that um, uh, are not becoming of a follower of Christ in your life, no matter what that is, like you can be like, God does amazing things. So he, like he can absolutely, I, my testimony and this brother's testimony was he automatically, he like instantly took things out of our life, whether that be um, like this brother desire for alcohol and drugs and all of this stuff, like cursing completely done. Like it wasn't, it wasn't a struggle, but yet other things remain. Other things remain. So brother, if you're listening and you have decades of pornography, like you have decades of pornography practice, Freedom comes after a struggle with this. This is not something you, like you, you have, you have trained your mind and your body. Like you have trained your, your, the chemicals in your brain are not helping. You're, you've been meeting, falsely meeting these certain desires that you have within you through pornography. You've medicated, sedated through pornography. So it's become to you a coping mechanism. And that coping mechanism doesn't just go away. It requires something of you. So look back, look ahead, and then thirdly, look deep. Look deep. Who is it that dwells in you currently? It is none other than the very Spirit of Christ. Because of Him, brother, you have the ability to say no to ungodliness. Think about Titus 2, 11 through 13, for the grace of God has appeared. That's Jesus Christ bringing salvation for all people, training us to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions. Now training us, training, training, endurance, perseverance. What do you train for? You train for a fight. You train for a marathon. You train for a race. Like Christ has brought salvation and he has appeared, training us to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in the present age, waiting for our blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. So because of him who lives in you, he, you have the ability to say no to ungodliness and grow, grow in purity. 
You have the ability to put to death whatever is earthly in you. You have the ability to wrestle against the rulers and authorities and cosmic powers of this present time. You have the power to resist the devil's schemes and to stand firm on the promises of God. God is saying to you, fear not, for I am with you. My rod and my staff will comfort you. The Christian life is a struggle. It's a struggle. It's, it's not your best life now. The don't believe prosperity theology, which is no theology at all. Don't believe it. You, you never see it once in Scripture. Like, Scripture is not designed to give you your best life here on earth. It's designed to point you to a better life and to point you and encourage you and give you power to endure this struggle. I mean, listen, we're, let's, let's be real for a second. We live in America. Most of you. There's some of you who live in other countries who are listening to this. If you have spiritual freedom, you have more than many, many millions of brothers and sisters in Christ. I have been to these places. I have, I have shared meals with brothers and sisters who struggle because they're being hunted down. I was in Sudan. Now, this is North Sudan. This is Khartoum. This is, this is not South Sudan, which is, which is, uh, is tolerant, very tolerant of the Christian faith. This is Northern Sudan, Khartoum. Been with the church. Like they, they fear that somebody is watching them at all times, meeting in secret. I traveled to Darfur, Sudan, into the middle of nowhere. We traveled with men with machine guns. And I sat and had meals with followers of Christ, believers, who <laughs> they were there on a mission. They were there on a mission to spread the joy of Christ among the nations. So I want, want, want you to understand, you can get through this struggle with pornography, but you have to ask yourself, is it worth it? Like, what are you hoping in? What are you hoping in? Like, we, we, we can't hope in what is here on earth. We are citizens of heaven. We're citizens of heaven. So I want you to look back. I want you to look ahead and I want you to look deep, deep, deep within you. And I want you to recognize what God desires to do through you. Like you have fruit to bear. You can't waste more time on pornography. You have fruit to bear to God's glory. Okay, let's wrap it up. Um, I'm going to read you this quote from James Montgomery Boyce. 
He says, victories in such sufferings are eternal in the same way that the victory of our Lord upon the cross is eternal. Our sufferings endure for a moment, but they achieve an eternal victory. They point to the truth and grace of God forever. I am convinced that in the farthest reaches of heaven, in what we would call billions of years from now, there will be angels who will look on everyone who has been redeemed by Jesus Christ and thrust into spiritual warfare by him, and they will say, look, there is another of God's saints, one who triumphed over evil by the Lord's power. Revelation 12, 11 through 12 describes how they will exclaim of our great victories over Satan. This is what it says. They overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. They did not love their lives so much as to shrink from death. Therefore, rejoice, you heavens and you who dwell in them. In achieving those eternal victories, we who love the Lord Jesus Christ will have indeed become more than conquerors. More than conquerors. Endurance, brothers. How are you enduring? So I'll end with this story. No, I'm going to really end. Um, this past week, last weekend, I ran this endurance race called the Spartan Ultra Beast. And it's a 50K, so that's 31 miles. It had 60 obstacles in it. And so, man, as I was running, I was just thinking about all of the incredible, like, carryovers to what I've been preparing for, what I was going through with just our Christian life. I had a lot of time to think about this as I uh, made my way through this, um, this rough race for me. It's rough for me. There are probably some of you who do a lot more difficult things than that, but I was just thinking that, and I came away with five, like five takeaways of preparing for the Spartan race, running in the Spartan race, like five takeaways. I'm not going to share all five of them with you. <clears throat> I will if you want me to at some other point, uh, or if you email me, I'll be happy to share them with you. But one of them was, one of them was that I think is just what you need to hear today is that doing it together is always more rewarding. So I had two friends, two buddies that I work out with, and we decided to do this together. And so what we did was we trained. We trained like crazy for at least three months leading up to this. And what that meant was, man, we didn't miss the gym. We were in the gym every single day. Then on the weekends, we were doing extra work. We had to get in running. We had to get in strength. We were doing push-ups, pull-ups. I mean, there was all kinds of things going on. We were training. Why was it more enjoyable to do it together? Because, because we shared the same setbacks. When one of us got injured, we would encourage and keep pushing. We were overcoming the same mental and physical barriers together. And then that was training leading up to the big race. And then during the race, Man, we could cheer each other on. Like we ultimately said, as we got to the, like as we were on the blocks ready to say go for, for 31 miles and 60 obstacles, which ultimately took uh, all of us between eight and nine hours, we said, hey, brother, finish, finish, finish. Crossing the finish line meant victory. And so we did it together. 
we were training together. <laughs> we were struggling together. We were winning together. We were racing together. I mean, the first 14 miles I ran with one of these guys, like we ran side by side, checking our heart rate, make sure we didn't overextend ourselves early in the race. And so, man, we just had the best time. And I told him as we were running, I was like, brother, this is a lot better than doing it by myself. You know, we want to, we like to think that we're the David Goggins of uh, the Christian faith. And that's just not who we are. We're not, we weren't designed that way. God didn't design us that way. He designed us to do this together. And so brother, are you trying to overcome pornography by yourself without someone struggling beside you encouraging you, pushing you, exhorting you every single day. You don't need to do this by yourself. Ultimately, let me tell you this. Like, even though I did it with my brothers, even though I did it with these guys, no one else was going to do the work for me. I couldn't sit on the couch and say, man, I'm glad John and Joe are out training because so that I don't have to No. You have to do the work. No one's going to do it for you. There is no easy button. There is no path of least resistance. You've taken that for too long. Do it with somebody. Have the courage to step out of the shadows, come out of darkness into his glorious light, and say, I man, I need somebody to walk with me through this. And I want to do everything within my power as I lean on Christ, as I look deep, deep, deep within me, as I look to the past, as I look to the future, as I hope in Christ, as I know he's working, like he's, he's changing me and molding me and building me. So if you don't have anybody to do that with, this is my encouragement to you. I want you to email me, email me. I've had brothers do this in the past. Reach out. There is a group of brothers who will walk beside you and with you and through this. Like I'm thinking specifically, I've got three, three brothers who, man, they're just passionate about helping other guys come through this. Like email me, Spencer at naturalpornkiller.com. I would love to hear from you. Let's get on a call together. Let's talk about your current struggle. There's nothing that you're going through. There's nothing you're experiencing, which should leave you hopeless. Like there's nothing you're going through that, that cannot be overcome. It cannot be overcome. It's the truth. But you have to have the courage to take the first step. Take that first step. So I hope this has been encouraging to you. And really the only encouragement I hope that you ever receive from this podcast is through the word of God. Like brothers, we must fall passionately in love with his word because this is how we see the past and this is how we see the future. And this is how we have hope for our present struggles. You have a leg up on this church and uh, that the writer of Hebrews was writing this letter to. Why do you have a leg up? Because you have the entire Old Testament, the entire New Testament in the palm of your hands. You have it in your phone. You have it 
in places all over your house. Like you have access to the word of God that people did not have access to. All right, brothers, listen, let me ask. I want to also ask a favor. <laughs> if you would leave a review for this podcast, it actually helps other people find the podcast. Like I've been, man, I've been encouraged. Uh, there's, there's some people that have uh, been to iTunes and said some things about this podcast that I was like, wow, I don't know who they are, but I praise God that, that anyone has found encouragement from this podcast. And it's not me, like the encouragement is in Christ. And so I just want to point you that way. I want to point you in that direction. So if you would leave a review, give me a five star. If you thought it was worth five stars, if not, then you can leave something else. But all right, brothers, that is it. I will see you on, uh, I won't see you. I guess you will, I'll be with you on the next episode of Porn and the Gospel. Hope y'all have an awesome week. And uh, I'm going to celebrate my birthday with my family. Y'all have a great one.